0: If you knew you were starting a business that would generate you $1 million per year, how much would you be willing to invest today? Travis Ferris is a real estate entrepreneur, sales coach, team leader, public speaker, and community builder. He's done the work with over $500 million in total sales. Now he's welcoming you to the table, but make sure you're ready. The coffee is for closers only. The mindset's the one thing that's going to keep you going. Coffee for Closers is powered by Collab Agents. Here's your host, Travis Ferris. All right, guys. Welcome here to Coffee for Closers, where we bring on the highest level people we possibly can to share with you ways that they're crushing it in business, loans, mortgage, real estate, whatever the industry. uh, We bring in the best to kind of share best practices. And today we have our one and only A good buddy of ours, Rylan Maddox with the High Five Loan team. Um, And he's basically sharing with you how he is utilizing AI to crush, dominate, and set the bar in the mortgage world today. So uh, he's going to be sharing some of the programs he's using, best practices, um, how he's using it. And then he'll share with you actually the links if you want to go in and learn these things because Adapt, Migrate, or Die we need to be learning all of these things, changes in the world, the, mar- the market, the economy, uh, so you can stay a sharp sword and not a worthless dull blade. Um, So without further ado, Rylan Maddox, introduce yourself and let's hop right into this thing.
1: Hey, hope everyone's doing great. Um, Like Travis said, my name is Rylan Maddox. I've been in the loan industry for about a little over a decade. Um, Got my start in what we call is the retail channel. So I was an employee of a bank. And as of last year, I went independent and hung my license up as a mortgage broker. So now I have access to all of the banks, more or less. And um, each of them have pros and cons, and uh, I'm loving where I'm at now for my current setup. And especially on the conversation we're going to be having today regarding AI, um, independent contractors are always going to be able to move faster, have more flexibility, and be able to adapt easier to the changes in the market, whereas employees are kind of just have to do whatever their companies are comfortable with, and that's not always quick, so to speak. So. Yeah, happy to be here. Absolutely. Happy to share the uh, share the knowledge. Cool.
0: Well, thanks for being on today, Rylan. Um, so yeah, man, absolutely. So um really, how are you using AI to dominate the mortgage space? What are you using? How are you using it? What are you planning on using? Uh, Give us a rundown, my friend.
1: So AI has actually been um, already in use behind the scenes for a long, long time, more than five years, probably. Um, Large corporations design chatbots to handle the customer service side of things. Um, We have OCR, which is Optical Character Recognition, that AI then plugs into that to learn how to read pay stubs, tax returns, all of these things. They've existed for a long time. They're very expensive to do the R&D on. AI at the end of the day is just a data set. And to build that data set either takes time or money, right? You got to either buy the data or over time build the data. And so up until, yeah, just the past year or so, AI was a very expensive tool to use. And it was never accurate enough that we could reliably close loans with it loans are guaranteed they're insured and there has to be um, a very very small variance in these programs in order to be utilized so there's a program called loan beam for instance which exists out there and it is um, an ai machine learning optical character recognition that reads tax returns all the loan officers I know that are highly successful still don't use LoanBeam because, as good as it is, at the end of the day, it's not accurate enough that you don't have to double check it. And if you're double checking it, you're double, you know, you're doing double work anyway. So, um, so yeah, it's existed, but more recently, um, the the tools that have always existed that optical character recognition and the customer interaction, especially around customer service. Um, that's getting better. The new tools that we have access to is more along the lines of content generation, education, reaching out and expanding your sphere to be able to talk to more people more intelligently and with less touches, downtime, editing, um, all the things that go into creating content and creating education and training. Um the AI nowadays allows a one-man shop like a broker to have, you know, limited tools with everything from video editing, sound editing. Um, AI can can cut out your silent uh, gaps in your videos. It can... Apply filters to your videos to make your um, videos look more professional, sound more professional. And then on top of it, now we see things like ChatGPT, syllabi.ai, which we'll talk about today, and a few other AI programs that if you can't, you just have writer's block and you don't know what to talk about. You can type in, what should I talk about in real estate today? And it'll give you prompts. You can even ask it for 30, 60, and 90 second prompts and scripts. So there's no excuse, especially right now with all of the tools paid and free, um, to not be taking advantage of these services, these systems.
0: Absolutely. That's, it's going to take things to another level and there's some things we'll talk
1: about. Uh, so chat GPT and then what was the other one? So syllabi.ai is, um... Think of it as ChatGPT on steroids, it is a paid service, and it's a newer AI tech that's coming out, but it's um, it's SEO-generated content, so I could type in what are the most searched uh, mortgage-related topics in the past three weeks, in the past 90 days, in the past year. And it goes out and it uses that SEO optimized search to see what people are talking about in relation to the subject you've asked it for. So specifically real estate, mortgage-related, similar to ChatGPT, it's an interactive conversational tool. So I can say, what are the most interesting topics right now or what topics are people most interested right now in real estate in Hawaii? It'll present those to me and then I can dial it down to Okay, give me a 30-second script on numbers one, two, and three. Give me a three-minute video script for XYZ. And it's going to write that. The other um, benefit to it I've found is that it ChatGPT feels very box-like. Um, it kind of gives you the same answer repeatedly. Syllabi.ai is running this through language um, analytics to make it more... Sound more natural. The scripts are much more personal, and the information isn't so kind of just block context.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, real real quick on the tactical. So, again, as far as just getting away from mindset, mm-hmm. like what would be what would be something you would suggest to people as far as like a tactical takeaway on get into this, dive into that, make sure you're utilizing which program and how to utilize it the best. Yeah. Like, I guess what would be the tactical takeaway you would say? For so
1: them? for today, it's it's really the content generation. There's a whole lot that AI is going to be built to and can do as far as in the loan world, the loan processing side, being able to act as an assistant, so to speak. Um, but that is still in its very early days. So today I want to focus on mainly that content creation. Um Word of mouth is one of the greatest referral sources in our industry, whether it's loan or real estate, that you can you can get. You can pay for leads online. You can pay for click funnels. You can pay for what we call cold leads, right? But if you've done the metrics on Zillow or Realtrends or any realtor.com, on any of these like online lead generation sites, it's like a... Th- if you're lucky you're getting 3 4 5% maybe conversion ratio and you're paying at least $100 a lead if not 150 200 250 a lead a warm referral a sphere someone that is reaching out to you because they've seen your content specifically and they want more information from you or a referral partner is reaching out to you because they saw their content your content and you that information they think can help someone they have the conversion ratio is over 50%. So you go from a 2 or 3% cold lead conversion ratio to over 50% sphere of influence, word of mouth referral. Um, everyone should be targeting word of mouth and sphere referrals. If the only people that should be targeting as their only source of business, the cold leads, are the large, multi, multi-million dollar companies that have 10,000 employees sitting in cubicles and they're relying on that two to three percent conversion lead because they can afford to filter that many deals into that funnel. If you're an individual or if you're a business owner, and I don't care if you have a team of a hundred, you're never going to get a better cost per deal, you know, you're never going to get better efficiency than if you are generating local social content and getting it out to as many people as possible and then your team is working that specifically, not dropping it into a call center. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of that. If you want to go the call center route, that's fine, and I'm sure AI is going to come into place there. Um, in fact, what we'll talk about today would actually fit really well for that, ironically. But it's your your cost per lead, your your dollar to your commission to cost ratio is going to be far far lower if you're trying to kind of hit those in mass um but specifically what i was talking about so content generation there's a ton of ai out there right now that is going to either give you the ideas for your own content or even go as far as to write the script the thing that i'm working on developing right now it's not in action yet um but travis you and i have kind of played around with the eye tracking There's AI right now that'll just simply uh, Photoshop your eyes in real time to always be looking at the camera. So if I did this, it would still be looking Um, maybe here in a little bit. I can even try and demo it for you guys. I don't have it on right now. But the next step to that is I'm in communication with two companies. One is called Synthesia IO. Um, If you Google them, they create custom AI avatars. So they have a bunch of template ones that companies can hire. And the way I got this idea was they advertise, okay, if you're a large company like Boeing or Northrop Grumman or Booz Allen, and you need to reach 10,000 employees with training videos and onboarding and all of this stuff, right? They'll basically offer you a an AI avatar to be in the training videos. So now you don't have to have a studio. You don't have to have a live person taking up man hours, getting paid to do template training videos. Well, I grabbed that idea and I am I want it to be me, so I don't wanna use one of their like template avatars. So we're setting up to do a full 3D shoot of my body, my posture, my face, everything. And then they're going to inject that into their system. I'm gonna combine that with something called, there's a couple companies I'm checking out right now, but Eleven Voice and a few others that will do um, voice manipulation. So now we can make an AI computer, in essence, copy my voice, copy my likeness as a deep fake. And all you have to do is then use ChatGPT or syllabi.ai to cut and paste the script you've just had AI write for you into my AI avatar that also sounds like me. And with basically just a couple keystrokes on the computer, I can create hours worth of content. Ready to be uploaded to social media. And it's not, it's never going to be as good as if you and I are having a conversation on a specific topic. But if I want, I don't want to spend hours looking into a camera for YouTube going, what is an appraisal? What is down payment? What is an FHA loan? What is a conventional loan? Think about, you know, all of those just very simple 30 second, 60 second shorts that we can create. And it can come from me, sound like me, and my clients can engage with it directly as if it was me. But I don't have to spend hours in front of the computer to film it and do it. I can spend my time diving deep on those complicated issues that you can't just search the internet for, that you have to have that experience from. So that's the stuff I'm most excited about because I'm not a social media guru. Um, I'm trying to do more content and do more educational videos because... There's just a lot out there that one-on-one conversations I have with clients are great, but I need to be able to teach and talk to much more people than one-on-one hour long mortgage seminars, right? Or, or discussions. So that's what I'm excited about. That's what's in the works for me right now. Um, And yeah. Boom. Yeah, no, it's a couple, a lot
0: of different things that we could (laughs) talk about. I mean, even conversion rates when we're going into lead gen, we could have an entire show just on that. Uh, yeah three four five percent is actually an amazing conversion rate so when you're getting into 10 20 30 40 50 percent um it does just because i manually do that i'm mm-hmm. manually seeking through and analyzing lead gen conversion rates and then cut this add to that so yeah i mean if you're dialing it in to to really focus it and then hitting a fifty percent you're just making more profits which again profitability should be the number one metric people are diving into yep. so um yeah, I actually just recorded that for one of my CRMs. I literally sat down in front of a camera and I had to do like 200 videos on like low appraisals, appraisals. Uh, Kurt, like it was just it was ludic- ludicrous, ludicracy. Yeah. Um so I mean, real quick on that too. So there's a lot of amazing shit that we just talked about and dropped right there. So where do you think AI is going to take the industry? You know what I mean? Like you just explained how it literally could not necessarily replace but offset about half the stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's going to do to the business world, the sector, real estate,
1: loans, and the industry itself? I saw a quote, and I'm I'm not going to be able to attribute it to him. I forgot who said it. But it the essence of it was, if you are worried about AI replacing you in your job at all, in any job, then already you need to start looking at how you're going to get into a different career path or how you are going to, quote unquote, beat the AI. Being scared of AI is not going to save you. Thinking that the solution is that we should regulate AI or we should slow down the progress is not going to save you. You are Blockbuster staring at Netflix. And if you think that you are going to come out on top of this, you're dead wrong. So for me... I already assume I'll just use my best, my bread and butter are VA loans. And at this point in my career, I can do an active duty borrower, like vanilla VA loan in 15 minutes or less. Their pay can all be accessed online through DFAS pay tables based on their years in service, which is also available online um, through the service service <laughs> service members civil Relief Act, S-C-R-A, we call it SCRA. Um, I can pull their years in service. I can pull their pay. I can pull their credit report, which gives me their debts. And for the tech savvy guys nowadays, we can even link their bank accounts in the application. And now we have their assets. We have every piece of information available either online or through the internet um, to qualify that person and not just qualify them, but pre-approve them in 15 minutes or less. That is already here. So to think that a computer, a company won't design computers to do that for them. If you're an active duty borrower without any rental properties, first time home buyer, and you don't own it, you know, you don't have, you do 1040 easy tax returns, click button, get mortgage. Rocket Mortgage, um, a lot of other big companies are already doing these things. They're already turning their systems into automation. So as many clients that I can help that are like that, I consider those quote-unquote easy loans, I'm going to keep doing them while I can, but I'm already mentally prepared that the day a company flips on a switch and goes, hey, we don't have any human loan officers doing VA loans, and this is the other piece that comes into it. If the VA comes in and says, we don't have a problem with the computer doing the loan because of that accuracy metric, and if you don't think they're not already testing it out, you're, you're wrong. As soon as they hit that accu- accuracy um, variance, and the VA goes, "Hey, look, active duty borrowers can be insured by the VA if they're run through this software, this program, this whatever." Loan officer, VA specialized loan officers, and who their bread and butter are active duty, will be gone overnight because now that company is going to be able to offer even lower interest rates on that clientele because they don't have to pay loan officer commissions to close the loan. And so even if I'm still in the business, I'm not gonna be able to compete at no matter how tight I cut my margins because another company is gonna be able to do 1,000 loans in the time it takes me to do one, right? 15 minutes, it's still 15 minutes and a computer can do it in a fraction of a second. So you're not going to beat AI. And as long as it exists, people are going to find ways to utilize it and to make it more efficient. So don't be scared of technology, figure out how to embrace it. As I just said, the content portion, automate your education, the majority of your education. You're still gonna need to do the personal videos. You're still gonna need to talk about the nuanced products. Um, For instance, an AI computer is never going to know that on specifically a multifamily property for a VA primary residence, I can use 1031 exchange funds. Most VA loan officers don't know that. Right. I do. I can talk about a video. You know, I can do educational videos like that and then I can close those loans. At least that's much farther out than AI being able to process that loan. Joint VA loans. I have one right now. I had 90 percent of my VA group saying that we can't exceed the county loan limit on a joint VA loan, meaning two veterans, non married, non um, non spouse they 90% of a group of expert VA loan officers was like no way i'm talking with a bank that's like the VA allows it and even though in essence the bank is taking a slight a slightly riskier position because the VA is not going to fully guarantee the 25% but this bank goes hey in our eyes it works ai is also not going to be able to like shift on that so become a subject matter expert in your field that's going to be the best way to fight back against this wave of ai um we'll call it um oh, what do you call it when you're like a bion like a robot cyborg um when you're mixed um enha- oh. like enhancement but what's it called the ai you're basically, you know, you need to figure out the hybrid, yeah, like a bionic man. You need to figure out how to embed the AI into your own processes so that it's not going to replace you as fast because you're speeding up, right? Um, Elon Musk is already talking about Neuralink and being able to put a microchip into our brains to allow us to process, think faster, um, do calculations in our head faster. It seems like science fiction, but they, I think, they already have some um, success with helping like paraplegics get nerve movement again and be able to move limbs that have been paralyzed for years. I, I believe there's some trials with Neuralink already going on with that. Um, it's coming, and no matter what industry you're in, honestly, you know the real estate industry, I, I think is is pretty. Pretty safe because we have the ability to adapt and use the AI to our advantage. You know who like I worry for? Lawyers. Who's that? Lawyers yeah. and paralegals. I hate to say it, but all the best lawyer in the world is only as good as the law precedent that exists. And guess what AI has access to? Every legal case and precedent that's ever been set in all of history And once that AI learns how to make arguments with the data set that gets dumped into it, every court case ever, no human will be able to compete with that. No human will be able to out-argue a computer based on case law. The only cases that'll come down to humans ever again will be setting new precedents, setting new case law. But established case law, I mean, fighting traffic tickets, what was your what was your speed what evidence is presented boom a computer is already fighting traffic tickets online um we can drop the link in the in the captions afterwards but there's already someone who's test piloting out fighting low-level misdemeanor traffic tickets using nothing but i believe chat gpt even
0: gotcha. um
1: there's a an ai streamer that has 171,000 subscribers completely ai all it does is watch youtube videos and react to them the same way that live people do 171,000 subscribers to a computer watching computers so you got to figure out how to implement it into your daily processes and strengthen yourself from it if you think you're not going to be replaced by it you're you're in the wrong wrong train of thought hundred percent. And that's where like Neuralink, I think a lot of people
0: have will have hesitations on it until something like that. Because uh, again, if you're paralyzed, it's basically, you know, neurological signals that just aren't able to move down the the, the spinal cord appropriately. Mm-hmm. And Neuralink will help you bypass that to send those signals to where they go need to go. And so that's where I'm, I love uh, when I'm trying to argue, fight, prove points, whatever. I always take people and, and start just... Uh, taking these perspectives and situations to the max, Mm -hmm. like I max people out on their perspective to cause a breakage. And then at that breakage, I'm saying, okay, there you go. Your, your thought process just broke. Now I can actually talk about new ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think, all right, let's say your child is paralyzed and Neuralink could fix your child. You know, someone who's like, oh, never use it in that particular situation they're thinking probably breaks and they're like, okay, I'm cool with it. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be huge. Now, the real question is, can we live forever, Ryland?
1: That's <laughs> a that's a different topic, which I'm not, I didn't prepare for today. But if you're interested no, I'm just in kidding. That, go look up telomeres. I'll just, oh, yeah. I'll tell you to go look up telomeres. The answer is yes. Um, we just have to figure out how to flip the light switch on in our bodies to start regenerating telomeres. Telomeres, in essence, are the little tips to your DNA um, that kind of like feed the oh, yeah. programming back. Around age twenty-five, they just our body stops producing telomeres, and then we kind of just go till we go. It, theoretically, if you never stop producing telomeres, you would just stay the same age forever. There Hit you twenty-five. Go. And um.
0: Well, <laughs> absolutely, and that's like what is it? That there's like a jellyfish that technically lives forever and just keeps responding or, uh, respawning into itself, which is pretty crazy. So, um, again, we could go into any of these topics literally all day long. Um, I guess real quick. So where, where are we at in the world? Economics, uh, the market, where are loans at right now? Mm -hmm. Uh, what has Powell said, where are we headed? What's our, what's our five minute breakdown. And then where are we headed again? Elections coming up here next year. Um, so I think where are we at now? Where are we headed in the mortgage world without robots?
1: So, yeah, the, you know, God, and that that by itself is is such a deep topic. But if I can summarize a little bit where we've come from the past couple of years. So prior to COVID, prior to 2020, um, the government started, in essence, where the reason we saw the interest rates dip down into the twos and the threes for so long is, the government was buying bonds. They were buying the mortgage backed securities. So imagine Jenny um, May, Fannie Mae, or sorry, Jenny Mae, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. The government is going to these mortgage backed securities, these institutions that ensure they set the guidelines and then ensure all the loans being done, right? Billions and billions of dollars worth of loans get sold as assets between the banks all the time. We call it servicing. Um, the government went in and said, we'll buy these from you because they are producing X much in um, liquidity. So we're going to come in and buy a hundred billion dollars worth of a paper bonds from Jenny, Freddie, Fannie. and And in essence, what that's doing is the government's giving banks money to lend more money. And the government is paying a certain amount. So then the banks can lend that money out at a cheaper amount because they're getting guaranteed profits. I'm oversimplifying it, but I think you guys get it. So the government's buying all these bonds, banks can sell rates for lower. And especially in like the 2016, um, 2016 to 2018 and 2018 to 2020 periods, we were, especially 2018 to 2020, we were buying. More than we ever should have to put it in layman's terms we were the government was artificially suppressing interest rates by buying just buying bonds as many as they could at a time like they were spending all their money taking all the bonds out of the market that they could interest rates went into the twos that's what we saw um around q three q four of twenty twenty one and then coming into twenty twenty two when I think it was December or January, the government came out and they had slowly started tapering off buying the bonds. They were buying like 10 billion a month, every month. And then they came out and said, you know what? We're not going to buy bonds anymore. And <laughs> Not only are we going to buy, not going to buy bonds anymore, but we need to, we have too many. We need to get these off our books. So banks, who, who wants these? Well, that Panicked banks that freaked them out because on top of the government not buying them anymore, we had um, global economic situations going on with China and Russia and a lot of other big wallets, we'll call them. They weren't buying our bonds either. So now no one's buying bonds. And the banks are like, wait, for years, we've been selling $10 billion off our books and getting cash to, to do more loans with every month. Now you're telling us that you want us to buy them back? Right, and we we can go into a lot of different topics there, margin margin compression, and a lot of other things. But the long story short was, if anyone was watching the market January to like March of 2022, we saw interest rates go from the two percent range almost to like seven percent by April. Um, It was it was insane. We we almost tripled, if not definitely doubled, the margins on interest rates in less than a six month period. And not to mention everything else that was affecting the market, but the affordability alone crushed a lot of borrowers. Um, If basically for every one point in interest rate you go up, you lose 10 percent of buying power. So if if we went from a 2 percent rate to a 5 percent rate, that's 30 percent of buying power. Now, taking all factors out well, if an entire market can afford a, you know, we'll call it a million for easy math. If an entire market is buying at a median price of a million because that's the affordability limit, and then you take 30% away, what do you think happens to the real estate market? What do you think happens to the valuations when the affordability drops by 30%? Do you think the prices stay at that? You know, never mind all of the other factors that go into supply and demand and everything else because that is relevant. But if the, market cannot afford that price point anymore and now can only afford 70 percent of what it previously could um i don't know what you guys use in real estate but somewhere over 15 percent is you know you go from a deceleration to a correction to a crash and i believe the term crash is used right around 25 percent well we went from two percent to va at one point was six and a half seven that's a 50 percent reduction in affordability Now, luckily it only lasted a few months and now we've settled back. We, we touched 4% on VA interest rates last week or the week before last. And now we're settling back into like the mid fives again. And this is where we should be, you know, ideally a healthy market is going to be between four and a half and five, five and a half percent. Like in general, if you go back 20 years, you know, these mortgage backed securities are 30 year mortgages. 5.5%, 4.5% on VA, 5% to 6% on conventional are healthy numbers. Um, The government is doing a lot of things right now to help, uh, what will we say, affordable housing. So there's a big push right now for minority home ownership and underserved, underserved borrowers, regardless of race, economic status or anything, but underserved borrowers. There's a really big push in the government right now. So... Specifically, what we're seeing roll out um, in the next couple of months are what we call loan level pricing adjustments, LLPAs. And the government is adjusting across the board, but they're making it slightly more expensive than it has been in the past for high FICO, 20 percent down borrowers. And they're taking those costs and they're making it slightly cheaper than it has been in the past for 5 percent down and 3 percent down borrowers and for borrowers under... 680, 660, 650 credit scores. Um, So they are, I don't necessarily, I like that they're trying to help the affordable housing and the underserved market. I don't like that they're stealing from the people who have saved up the money and who have really worked hard to keep their credit scores up. I wish they could find a different way to fund that help. But that's what's rolling out and that's, it's a reality and it's not going to change. So we're going to, we're going to have this probably for at least the next 12 or the next fiscal year. Um, the government's going to kind of try this out probably on trial and then make small tweaks to it. But even loan officers who aren't like tracking this won't see it because these adjustments happen to the rates before the banks ever get the interest rates. These adjustments are from Fannie, Freddie, and Ginny. And so they're happening at the what we call the index level, kind of the starting point. And then the banks add their margins to that, and then lenders add their margins to the banks. Um, so this will be buried under like three different layers, but what you can expect to see, especially in the next six months is that there's going to be a little bit more opportunity for the lower down payment borrowers for the lower credit score borrowers. Um, and the guys that have 20% and excellent credit there, it's a drop in the bucket at the end of the day. Um, it's pretty fractional margins there. So I don't expect that they're going to feel the pain. Um, they just don't, they won't know that it's happening
0: yeah 100% and then when you actually take the interest rate affordability margin and then factor in unemployment and inflation mm-hmm. rates then then you know you're you're actually like doubling the impact that it actually had yeah. um so i mean it, was, it it definitely smashed the market a bit you know business business got cut in at least half if not you know almost 3 quarters mm-hmm. but things are are kind of recovering now um, from what I'm seeing on, on a real estate level. And I think for you on, on a mortgage level, and then it's just, uh, not to get political or anything like that, but America is so they always attack that class, that, that middle class always gets attacked. And I actually brought on a CFO to one of our trainings, uh, in like a, a week ago and I had a conversation with him. And so do you know that anything less than $25 million in revenue is considered small business. (laughs) Like you have to be making over $25 million a year to be considered a, you know, quote unquote large business where that's where you find all these big business tax breaks. You know, if you're not making, so the person making 20 million a year, sorry, small business, you don't get these tax breaks. uh, They always cripple, cripple that.
1: So I'm glad that you, you know, you, you mentioned that and it's important for the listeners to kind of hear that we were talking about 20 percent down 800 fico like a lot of people are going to hear that and think like that's that's an a paper that's an amazing bar no that's middle class because you know what like the a paper the like ridiculously rich guys are doing they're going to wells they're going to private money guys and they're going hey you're holding 10 million dollars two million dollars You're holding X many million dollars of my assets and you are making, like I know you're making so much percentage by by being able to lend that money out. That's what banks do, right? They hold your money, they lend it out and everyone's, it's, it's all electronic at this point, right? We don't have the gold standard anymore. So banks are making money with the money they're holding of other people and they're lending it out XYZ. The really rich guys are, they have private, they're called private banker relationships. They get interest rates that are not available to you and I. They get programs that are not available to you and I. I'm working on one right now. I have it being shopped with 10 different people. It's a $15 million purchase. They're putting 30% down. It's a $10 million loan. He's going to hold it for one year. He's going to hold it for one year at a nine something interest rate, $900,000 in interest over the next year. And the cost on it's going to be somewhere between three and 4% probably. So the commission on it's going to be 400,000. If I can find a bank to do it. Now, I don't have that money. This guy's probably talking to someone who he holds his money with. So I haven't found a way to compete with it yet, but that's the point. When you say 25 million small business, that's exactly it. That client is the client that I never talk to as a loan officer. Be, I happened to stumble into this and he asked me if I can beat it. And if you've seen, uh, what's it called? War Dogs? Where they were like, mm-hmm. they got the government contract at pennies because to them, 40 million was amazing. But to like, um, well, we won't we won't give them shout outs, but to the, the war machine industrial complex, like they needed 60 million minimum, right? It's exactly it. It's arbitrage. So I'm willing to like take a heavily discounted commission on that deal if I can find an investor for it because that, for an individual like me, that commission will be, you know, we'll just call it dramatically more than I would make on, you know, working for six months out of the year, XYZ. But a big company, a big, like, if we want to call out one of the large hedge funds or something, they don't care about that, 9%. Those guys are looking for ways to, 9% is like the S&P 500 average, right? Like they they don't care about 9% interest and they don't care about a 4% commission. Those guys are trying to 25X, 10X their money. Um, and that's where, you know, especially with the markets right now, it's that middle guy that's getting pinched the most. The super rich are too either too well leveraged, or too smart and educated on that specific topic to be caught up, and the the lower the lower end um, either haven't had the chance to get educated or don't have the money to pay for the lawyers and the CFOs and everybody else to navigate. But they also don't have the money to take. So where is it? The unfortunately, where's the easiest to take money from? The middle. They have yeah. the money. And maybe some of them are educated enough, and maybe some of them have the money enough to battle all the red tape and bureaucracy. But most of them don't, and most of them are just going to pay it. They're just going to pay the taxes that come up on TurboTax. They're just going to pay the, you know, the whatever that rolls out. And the government's going to take advantage of that because it's the path of it's the path of least resistance, and that's where AI. You know, to circle back is gonna help that middle class to an extent. And we are gonna see changes, we are gonna see adaptation, because now that that just average Joe can can have an AI be his lawyer, can have an AI be his CPA, can have an AI be their accountant. And it's going to be more and better than they could do on their own, and more and better than they could afford previously. And it is gonna you know, raise that boat, raise that level. Um, but the government will adapt there too. And so it's always going to be a constant battle. You as an individual need to be better educated than it's like the um, running from a bear tactic, right? You don't have to be faster than the bear. You have to be faster than the guy next to you. Um, So that's why we do these podcasts. It's why you are so heavy on education in your industry. It's why I'm heavy on education in my industry, because the more people we can help understand that. You don't have to be faster than the government. You don't have to get away from them. Unfortunately, you just have to be better educated than the masses and you will be okay and you will be ahead of the pack and you will be safe. So that's what we're here for. Absolutely.
0: Cool, man. Um, I think we pretty much covered what I wanted to cover today. Um, You know, tactical takeaways, all that, where we're at, where AI is taking the industry, where people should go. Um, I think that's it, man. Um, other than that, we'll make sure that all of our listeners here know
1: your tags, where to find you. Do you have it right now? Um so high Five Team Loans is my company. Um, if you see this logo, that's me. There's a couple uh, there's a couple guys that that call them high five call themselves high five, but if you don't see the logo, it's not us. Um, we'll, like Travis said, we'll put links to my website and our Instagram where a lot of our educational content is. And then I'll give Travis a list of all of kind of the best AIs in their respective fields. And then there's also, I think I have a website saved that is kind of like an encyclopedia for AI sites. So you can go on and you can go, uh, I need AI to do photo editing for me. You can go to the site. It'll give you a list. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll kind of create a cheat sheet for you guys to at least get started. But I highly encourage AI is an ever-evolving platform. Just get involved with it. Follow the guys who look at these things every day because every day a new company is coming out and found a different way to tweak or program their AI data set to be that much better. It's, it's going to be kind of like Silicon Valley in the 90s. Um, there will be players that emerge from this, but right now everyone's... Everyone's kind of starting on the same page, so if it's interesting to you or if you just want to stay ahead of the curve, you need to be intentionally you know reading up following this stuff daily weekly at least um, so we'll we'll give you some starting steps but keep up your own uh, your own education and keep up your own um, knowledge search absolutely absolutely awesome uh, there's one
0: thing I've been kind of trending or i've been I've just coming across as far as uh, what people need to be doing today as leaders, whatever that seek, learn, apply. You need to be seeking these things out, learning about them, and then applying them to what you do in your business. So um, Rylan, dude, that was awesome, dude. I definitely appreciate it. Learned, I learned a lot just from chatting with you just for a second. And I'm sure we'll have some uh, more communication and learning on all that stuff. So uh, remember listeners, Coffee's for closers, powered by CoLab Agents. Uh, look forward to our next podcast dropping here New Year soon. And again, thank you for your time, Rylan. Right, Travis. Y'all have a great afternoon.
1: Aloha. Aloha.
0: Enjoyed this episode of Coffee for Closers? Subscribe to the show anywhere you find podcasts and follow Collab Agents on social at Collab Agents.